Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. Today on the show, I have um, Mr. Zach Petrini. Did I, say, did I say that? You, you did, yeah. I'm glad because I sounded it out a couple times and I, I'm i like notorious for fucking people's names on uh, the show, so I'm glad I said it right. It's, so, yeah, if you, if you the, the way I say it, it's like the white way to say it is Petrini. Otherwise, you really have to like get into it, yeah. and would, it's Italian, so you know. you, you really gotta want it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, you can catch him uh, at the Paps Taproom on September sixth with Keith Pulvermacher. Yeah, but Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. It's great to be here. Good. How's your day going? So far, so good. Just kind of running around, doing errands, doing some work, picking up some booze. Oh and yes. Coming here. Yeah. Experimental series, Chai Liqueur. Man, uh, you. We outdid ourselves here on Mr. Nice Guy with this one. This is this looks awesome, dude. Sweet. Uh, and uh, also would like to uh, add that uh, Zach uh, is part of Twisted Path Distillery uh, down in Bayview, and he do, you do the booking there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, this is one of Twisted Path's uh, own, and I'm excited to try this one. Yes, this is the Chai Booze or uh, Twisted Path Chai is what we're calling it, but it's a it's just a liqueur. It's really great in coffee or really anything. It's kind of just like dessert. Oh man, well it's only noon by the way, uh, so um, man, this is this is a prime way to get you know kick it off, get, get yeah, my day right? going because I woke up not too long ago. Also, you came with the ice. Uh, yeah. you went all oh man. I, well, I live two minutes two minutes away, you know. So <laughs> cheers, dudes. Mmm. Okay. Oh wow. It's it's like a it's it's forty percent. So, wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like a, a standard liqueur is like twenty. So. Shit. Yep. Well, I can like it has like the sort of the traditional like chai spice, but yeah, I can definitely taste that proof. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so yeah, you, you want to be careful with this stuff. It'll sure. pick up on you. Yeah, so we're, <laughs> we're going to tread lightly uh, in this next <laughs> hour. <laughs> yeah, we won't finish the bottle or anything. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. So or whatever. I don't know. We, we could. Who knows? It's going to be a long day. <laughs> so Zach, uh, so it's my understanding you, um, so you've got uh, several different, you've had albums that you've released under several different manifestations of your name. Mm -hmm. I guess uh, do you want to clarify like what's released under what for you? Totally. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out some of that stuff on Spotify because it's all a nightmare. But uh, so when I first started the bands, I recorded actually my first record that's not up there. Um, it was just called Zach and Naomi. I wrote the record. A friend of mine, Naomi, sang on it. Um, then while I was still in Chicago, I released two more records under the name uh, Zach Petrini and the Broken Bones. And that was a whole other story in and of itself. But then uh, took some time off, moved up to Milwaukee, um, recorded a record. It was like an EP, uh, a little bit more stripped back. And it was just under my name because um, at the time I had a band with me. Um, but due to just other things, they all quit or moved on or moved. And so then it was just me. And then I picked up a whole different band. And we're on actually our third release now um, under the Zach Petrini band. Great. And yeah. the most recent record? Uh, yes, the most recent record was um, the Denver Sessions that came out this past January. Um, and then I've got a pre-release actually going on right now for a two-song EP that I did down in Nashville and 
uh, finished up here in Milwaukee. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Fun stuff, man. Well, uh, we, we, we love to hear all of it. Uh, I will say when you said, uh, when you said everybody's getting famous with me, I felt that. Uh, it's, <laughs> anybody who lives creatively, I think some at some point in their life have, have felt that. Oh, yeah, um, I feel like that's just Milwaukee as a whole right now. <sighs> Everyone's all the cities are getting famous except Milwaukee, it seems. But we're working on it. It is a work in progress. We're working on it, yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I am a firm believer. It is uh, not. There's no better time to be in Milwaukee than now. Yeah. So. Uh, We'll get famous. I think I'm so. I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah. So, Zach, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear within our passionate and creative minds. Um, I, uh, you know, we got coffee not too long ago uh, down at the Collectivo in Humboldt, and immediately uh, felt a connection right away with you. You know, you're also a Chicago guy originally, like myself, and... Uh, yeah, you've been playing music for a long time. Uh, was it uh, like 12, 13 years or so you've been performing? Yeah, pretty much. A little bit of time off in between there. But sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's necessary. Yeah, um, some help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had like the gap between me graduating uh, from college and starting the show and starting with Breaking Entering was probably the most like lost seven months I'd ever been <laughs> but it was necessary you got to be lost before you get found you totally know? yeah so um, yeah so uh, I guess to take it back I want to hear about where you originally really started finding playing music as an outlet for yourself where you you know started just you know uh, playing around with it and how that would eventually lead to your career as a singer-songwriter yeah um... Okay, I'll try to keep that interesting. Uh, but it's it's been, I mean, the music has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, I was taking piano from a pretty early age. Um, didn't keep up with it, but um, I've got like a very specific memory actually of like uh, two of them in particular. One, like uh, being, a, there was a, a lake house we used to go to with some friends and they had a guitar there. And I remember just being so enamored with it as a young kid, like mm-hmm. third grade, just uh plucking out some like melodies of nirvana and like just yeah. thinking that it was like the coolest thing ever like and i just knew that this was something that like i wanted to understand and be a part of yeah. um then another one of me like uh lip syncing in my bedroom and just like my underwear my dad walking in on me and being just so embarrassed yeah. but this idea of like performing and playing and, and doing that like has been with me from a very early age um i grew up um in in a like a pretty just like conservative Christian family and so we were at church all the time which also meant like as a kid who liked playing music it's a really great way to just be involved with like a community and learn how to play with people oh, and yeah. church yeah of course you get tossed like every Sunday it's like you don't know who you're playing with you don't yeah. know what it's going to be like and so you learn pretty quickly then some of those necessary skills of like yeah. like going with the flow being flexible learning how to read other people learning how to play with harmonies right like all of that stuff a number of the high five guys are they're church kids too sure yep and you it's a i I mean i'll I'll always say this like if you're trying to figure out like how to be a good musician i mean outside of practicing a ton it's doing stuff like that because you really are just put in situations that you don't have a ton of control over and you have to just make the best of it right so i did that for a long time my best friends we're all there, and so we actually started a band together, um, kept with that through high school, but it really wasn't until college that um, I started taking it seriously, 
Um, I, I had the application for Columbia College in Chicago, Columbia yep. University, yeah. to do music. And um, I looked at the things that you had to be able to be like proficient in to get into the program. And I immediately shoved that application <laughs> yeah. back in my bookshelf. That's going to be a no yep. for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was intense. But also, I just don't think I had an imagination for what it was to do that. Like my family, always very supportive, but like my direct family, none of them are creatives. Really. Sure. They yeah. all have very just like normal jobs and that's right. fine. But it, it wasn't something that was really in my mind of like, oh, you can actually do this, mm -hmm. you know, like if you want. Yeah. Um, so it really wasn't until, yeah, about halfway through college that uh, I'd been writing songs for my first record. Um, and my dad heard it and was like, oh, you know, like he knew that I liked doing music, but it wasn't up until this point that like he'd listened to him and was like, you know, these are actually like pretty good. You should consider doing something more than just having this as your hobby. Right. Yeah. Which was a really huge, like a pivotal point for me in like stepping into it or at least feeling like the, it was okay to do so, you know? Yeah. And so really from there, I dropped out of college, recorded my first record at night, worked construction during the day, and, you know, just kept after it since then. So. Where'd you record it? Oh, man, what is it called? I think it's called Crystal Studios in Lombard, Illinois. Oh, wow, well, yeah, sure. Yep. And you're from, what, is Arlington Heights? Arlington Heights, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, I, um, my uh, grandparents are actually buried there. Um, but, um, so that's... <laughs> I know that sounds like dark, but that's like sort of my connection to Arlington yeah. Heights. But um, sure, uh, yeah, um, that's no, that's awesome. So, like, uh, where did you uh, find the um, sort of where would you eventually start, like uh, lead? What would lead into relocating to Milwaukee? Yeah, uh, man, it was a lot of things. But um, my wife and I, we we were just recently married. We were living in this communal living space. We were helping at a church. I was working at a cafe, and I was doing the band. And that was just like I just got burned out doing all that stuff. And Chicago is, um, it's a tough place for um, at least from where where I was situated to like get hooked up with a musical community. Yeah. There's a few bands that like we got on with and stuff, but really it, it's just such a big city. Everything's yeah. so spread out. I just never really found a spot that clicked. And so yeah. really nothing was working for our life, you yeah. know? It's like, where do you start? Yeah, you know? you know, and then I was living on the South side. Well, there's no clubs on the South side. Yeah, like, right. like there's like two, everything yeah, is on the yeah. North side. And so it's like you're commuting, which, ends up being just a pain in the butt to get through downtown and all that to say like I just felt like I was perpetually driving around nothing was getting traction for anything um, it's so expensive to live there yeah and my wife and I were both like I was a musician and we were working cafe jobs you know yeah. it's like you can't make that work long term and then I was working on a record in Nashville and was super excited about that but you know it, it just didn't work out for us to move there so a job opened up in Wisconsin and yeah. so you know that was when I hit pause on all the music stuff yeah. I literally like finished a record and it got stuck in post-production because I moved it was stuck there for like a year and a half oh, so wow. um, it was it was a really hard and jarring time um, for for in my you know young adult life um, but um, that's really what got us up yeah. um, what so. was your job that got you up here I got hired on actually as a youth pastor oh, at a whoa. church up sure. in Germantown. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I was there. Um, I was doing like a little bit of music, a little bit of youth stuff, um, and then it kind of turned into just youth stuff, and then it turned into 
I don't think this is exactly for me. Um, and so that, you know, that's from there. We got to Milwaukee. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, yeah. How did you start feeling your creativity really started flourishing and getting back into the music once you got here? Yeah. Um, so the way I, I started playing music again, actually, is because I had totally just given up. Like I was, I was just done. I didn't want to do it. It was kind of too painful to think about um, and, and do again. But I was actually at Guitar Center in Brookfield, of all places, and uh, checking out, um, I think I was just buying strings or something, mm -hmm. and they make you kind of give your info because they've got a profile on you there or whatever, and so I gave the, the, the guy at the register my info, and he's like, Zach Petrini, I think I've seen you play before, oh, and I was like, probably not, like I just moved here, you know, like I've... Like, where do you think it was? Like, and sure enough, so this guy, uh, his name was Mike. He was my original banjo player. Um, wow. He uh, was like, yeah, I caught a show of yours in like Northern Illinois one time. And like, yeah, he so he just remembered my name. Um, but he was like, hey, I, I play at this open mic and I was in this band myself. Do you want to just like sit down and like play some music together and use it? He's a really good banjo player, really good guitar player. Um, and so that's actually what got me back into just playing at all. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it was kind of bizarre. It was just like, yeah. like, I mean, of all the one of like the you know 15 people that are working at Guitar Center that day, he happened to be the one checking right. me out. But then also just remembered the name. Like that's like, I mean, it was from a show like that I'd played a couple of years previous. Yeah. So yeah. that's a right place, right time type of right. deal. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Very bizarre. But yeah, so I mean, it was actually kind of funny. It was at uh, a bar in Menominee Falls that it kind of like developed a little bit of this musical community around and kind of just gave me more and more things to do. Yeah, you know, I didn't sure. feel so like aimless up here mm -hmm. with like no contacts and no venues and all like, it was like, oh, there's this little spot. A couple of my friends are playing sets too. We're all kind of just hanging out, playing music together. And mm -hmm. so that's what got the ball rolling. Wow, again, so. yeah, sure. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, I know you've uh, played like uh, a number of, you played like pretty much every venue there is to play here, would you say? Outside of like the, the like big one, big, like, yeah, right, yeah. the big touring shit. Yeah, 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 right. The thousand person venue. You're I'm telling me that you haven't played Pfizer Forum yet? Right. <laughs> this interview's over. Wow. <laughs> no, um, I, I haven't even set foot in Pfizer Forum, so yeah. that's yeah, so that's out the window. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess like I mean you, yeah, I mean you've. Um, uh, so what I guess like I'm always interested in like people that have such a foothold in like you know the the venue scene in Milwaukee like I'm always interested in like what I guess your personal like favorite spots to perform are yeah yeah you perform for a long time so yes I I think I mean the one that we always go back to for sure is Amdine. Um they Love really, it, dude. Yeah, they're great. Crazy. Great aroma in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Aromas are great in there. Yeah, it, does, it definitely doesn't stink. Which no, is awesome. Yeah. That's always a plus. But I mean, but I mean, it's like they they really did. And and my friend uh, Lindsay really helped develop that program. And I, I talked to her about it because it was like I'm always curious too, like about running venues and how people do that. And I was asking her but she just did a really great job of like thinking through every detail yeah. to get that going and now um, I mean they're still keeping up with that same um, uh, that same spirit sure. just like uh, hospitality like they take care of you in the back they give you a green room which is like 
which is great. Green room is great. Yeah. (laughs) Like I don't need to be separate the whole night, but like, I don't want to be yelling for like an hour before I have to go sing. Right. You know, stuff like that. Every time I've been in the Anadyne green room, there's always a feast. Yeah. Right. And that's right. There's always so much food. It's wonderful. It's so great. And yep. the band is always like, yeah, dude, help yourself. I mean, yeah. we're not going to eat all this. Right. It's <laughs> too know? much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But then it's like, it's like they make sure I get my daily dose of veggies, which I love. You oh, know? Right, right. Put out a veggie plate and some hummus. I love it. It's great. Uh, hummus makes the world go around, dude. <laughs> I... Damascus Gate. Have you been to that place? I haven't, but I've, it's on yeah. my list. I've heard it's like the best Middle Eastern Their cuisine. Their hummus is great. Is it? It's fantastic. Sure. Okay. Well, that will get me out of the uh, the Sabra yeah, uh, right. brand <laughs> that I've been on lately. So, um, so Zach, you toured a lot. You've toured on the South, all over the Midwest, all over the state. Um, have you been on the East Coast? Not really, no. Yeah, that's kind of what sure. I, I like the southeast, especially. Yeah, that's like I'm. I'm very eager to start breaking into those. Places. Right, right. Because like I know you're. Okay, uh, shameless plug. You're ready to break yeah. and enter in yeah. that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Right. So um, I know you like you played in like Georgia. You played in uh, Tampa. You've played. Yeah, you've you know you've toured you know a, a good amount, but. Um, it seems like, uh, and you haven't been on the West Coast yet, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel like, um, like, uh, yeah, I guess, how do you feel about touring on the, on the coast and stuff? Like, how do you feel like it's going to be different than playing inland? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, some of it has just really come down to necessity and geography. Um, you know, like going West, what's difficult about that is that once you get across the, the Mississippi, I mean, instead of two to four hours between cities it's like four to eight and mm. when you break it down that way like i just don't <laughs> just don't want to drive eight hours and play yeah. a show you know right. like and cutting through the rockies and r- stuff right yeah. like it's like, geographically speaking it's tough like I, I i got to do i was lucky enough to be able to do a couple like fly dates where it was just like i go out with a guitar and play a show somewhere mm-hmm. but like that's not very common yeah um, but I think what's good about the Midwest and the South in particular is like we are literally the middle of the country, and so around you is all major cities. Like right, you're yeah. you're always again like two to four hours away from a major city, and so um, so it's good. I mean, I'm eager. What I'm excited about, I think, in like the the Southeast especially, is that that's really more where like what I do I think comes from. Does that make sense? So, okay. Like, um, so in the e, in the southeast, it's like that's where like the singer songwriter. It's not like country, but it's influenced by country, and it's like rocky, and it's like that. That kind of stuff is. Um, it's got a very flourishing scene, I think, in the southeast, and so some of it has just been like, okay, well, between Milwaukee and like Raleigh, it's oh, like a fourteen-hour yeah. drive, right, you know. Yeah. So it's like developing those spaces so that you can just slowly start like branching out and get closer and closer so it's not as much of an issue like and for me too touring is like it's i I, i'm not naturally like a um super um planned detail-oriented person like i i have become that because i've had to but like making itineraries and travel plans for my band that all have other jobs when you're asking guys to take off extended amount of time, you only have so much time. Yeah. So you have to really pack it in or be very like, you know, for our tour in October, for instance, it's like every city is like two hours away from the next one. 
so that we're back home so that they can get to work and they only miss a half day on a Thursday. Sure, yeah. So like then when you think about it, it's like once a year we'll do a big one where they take off like a week. Yeah. So you have to have those cities plotted out all the way out to your destination and yeah. then back. So it's just, it's like, I don't know, man. I feel like, a, a, it, again, like I, I love playing music and being creative. I hate doing this detailed stuff, but the detailed right. stuff ends up like paying dividends. But I feel like so lame talking about like my itinerary yeah. and spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah. But that's like so much of what yeah. I do. Is right. like I would say probably seventy five percent of what I do is like computer work, mapping things, Google routing, oh, and yeah. all that. It's just whatever. See, that's actually kind of the part I like. Oh, I, do you? Oh, I should man. I should damn near be uh, planning your tours. I was gonna but, say you should be my tour man. <laughs> yeah, I should Come damn on. near. Like, <laughs> fuck it. But no, I, I see that's actually I feel like I'm more oriented in that way. Like uh, and as our uh, you know, a number of people is like people that enjoy that event planning, the uh, yeah, the logistics, and you know whether it comes to lodging, you know the the travel routes, the um, the, you know the the travel times. Mm -hmm. You know these are all uh, these are all components to consider, right? Because I mean, at the end of the day, like playing music is one thing, but turning it into a business, turning it into a uh, making it making yourself a careerist like yeah. that's you know there's just so many um there's there's just a lot of facets to it and yeah. that's why you know it's important to have a team it's totally. important to have a team that's gonna you know uh make up for what could be you know just a um a lack of, a lack of interest or a lack of understanding of everything that goes into that and yeah. having people that are like hey i believe in you like I want to help you. You know, I want to. I want to fucking. You know, make sure this works for you. So, yeah. I mean, teams are special, like, in, are a very integral part of the process. Totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of it, though. But like, yeah, I am excited to get down that way, bringing it full circle. Yeah. Like the the southeast seems like great. I've enjoyed being in the south. Um, yeah. It's good to get south of the Mason Dixon and some yeah. shows. Right, yeah. yeah. So I actually, I, I, I did, I, I pulled some Nardwar on you and I did some research. <sighs> so you played in a coffee house in Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. What would you say is different from a, uh, what's different about a coffee house in the deep south and a coffee house here in Milwaukee? Uh, well, okay. So that's, that's a good question. All right. Uh... This was interesting because these guys, so I used to be in, I worked at Colectivo for a while. Sure, so yeah. A lot of my friends are there. Some of them have started coffee shops. So you've got like first wave coffee, right? Folgers. Second wave, which is like friends, yeah. right? Yeah. Third wave, which is like all the weird stuff, right? Oh, right. Like nitros. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this coffee shop in particular, they had done quite a few shows. Third wave coffee, a little bit more progressive, a very like socially conscious coffee shop. Yeah. So, kind of no different, honestly. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, these guys were in Birmingham. It's a major city, uh, doing good work, like really involved in the community. Honestly, it wasn't that different at all. Okay. Um, you know, it was hard because that was like, you know, anytime you play the first time in a city, there's it's almost never like a good. It, it not I shouldn't say it's never good. It's never. Um, it's never your hometown, right? Like it's never a town you've been back to five times. It's always your first show, yeah. which means like 20 people, 
you know mm -hmm. like they're listening which is great like yeah but 20 people you For know sure. so, okay here we go like yeah. i gotta play every show like there's a thousand people here we go like yeah. um but those, I actually remember those people in particular, they were sweethearts for sure. Like oh, fed good. us, housed us, took care of us. Like it was sweet. They're not mm. doing shows anymore, unfortunately. I hit them back up on oh, the last yeah. tour, but, uh, um, but yeah, that was the same. I mean, I'm trying to think if there was any clear, I mean, I, I've got stories about playing in the South in different States for the first time. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested so, in hearing about right, the so South. I'll, this, I mean, yeah, and it's it's been very good for us for sure. Good. I mean, um, we've made some really good contacts and have have usually have like good shows there for the most part these days. But the the best worst show experience I've ever had was I had just finished recording that first record. My brother was living in Florida and was coming back to Illinois. He needed sure. some help moving, so I dropped out, finished my record. It had just come out. I played a bunch of shows in Illinois and Indiana, and I was like, oh great, I'm gonna go down there play a show it's gonna be awesome because it's the first time I've really gotten out of the Midwest to play a show in my life like yeah so I'm like here we go super pumped book two shows I get down to this coffee shop and I walk up to the, the you know the front with my guitar and they're like like confused so I could tell already I'm like okay this isn't you know whatever <laughs> hi my name is Zach I'm here to play a show tonight and they're like what it's like I booked a show here tonight they're like I don't know about it oh, I was like can you call your manager I definitely like yeah. I, this wasn't like I, I didn't cross signals like, right but, right so yeah. they call their manager sure enough <laughs> yep no posters no promo no nothing didn't there's, advertise it at all at all sure so there's five people in the cafe and a big plate glass window behind me I stand up and strum like the first chord of this song and all five people leave immediately Oh, wow. So it gets worse because four of them sit down in front of the plate glass window that I'm performing in front of. So they're outside of the coffee house by this window. I'm facing the coffee house playing. Uh, one of them goes to the car and gets a guitar and starts playing for the rest of those people. Oh, wow. It was like, I was so embarrassed and so just like, Oh my gosh, what have I done with my life? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, in the same breath, then there's a, a, a house show series that I do in, um, in Destin. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's one of the best shows I play, like, all year. It's, like, 45, 50 people crammed in a living room who all pay, like, decent amount of money to get in. They all buy merch. They hang out. We, like... And, and it's, like, everything that you hope. You know, it's, like, yeah. you make enough money and you get to have like legitimate connections with people. You get to talk and usually like my songs are very personal. I try to tell stories so that usually opens doors for having like really good conversations with people after. Mm -hmm. And you talk about things like fear and love and you talk oh, about yeah. things like, like all these things that are very just human emotions of and course. uh manifesting in different ways. Yeah, right? totally. So yeah, you know. No, that's cool. I mean, I'm interested cuz like I mean, I feel like there's, you know, there, there definitely comes a stigma when it comes to, like, you know, the, the culture of the South. Sure. That, like, it's not socially conscious that, you know, there's, you know, <clears throat> you know, you can, you get all of the, uh, that, you know, they, they, that it's, like, unsafe, like, if you're, you know, um, uh, if you belong to, like, a marginalized community, whatever it is. But there's also that, I feel like there's also... There's also the southern hospitality part of it too, where they do take care of you, mm -hmm. you know, and and that's an that's an interesting dynamic to have. I mean, I 
Um, I mean, I've been in like New Orleans a couple times. Uh, have you been to New Orleans no, before? I've never been to New Orleans. Oh. New Orleans would be a fun, sh- a fun place for you to play. Okay. I highly recommend. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's a big music city. Yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I don't know. I, I I think that like because it's like when we think of like a coffee shop in Milwaukee, we think of you know it's uh, generally very like you know all inclusive. It's very um, you know, uh, artistically minded. It's very, you know, friendly to, it's, it's, it's generally a very welcoming environment. And a mm-hmm. lot of people are, are like afraid of the South these days, especially with like, you know, the, uh, like the, the abortion laws going on, like mm-hmm. in Alabama and stuff like that. They're like, Oh wow. What a shithole. Like only like, of course, Alabama, but it's like, the fact that like you played in a coffee shop in in Birmingham and it was like no different than a coffee shop here, I think that's really important to to um, to consider that you know we it's like it's it's very easy for us to make you know blanket assumptions over a place totally you know but but when you can play it somewhere where it's like you feel just as home where somebody feels connected to your music you know admires your artistry and understands that like you know this is your this is your your, uh, you know, this is you actualizing what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. I think it's like it, you know, any place can do that. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what state you're in. It doesn't matter like you know what kind of um, you know political or social culture or climate that you live in. Like, you know, if if people are nice people, they're nice people, and they're going to take care of you. And I think that's really it's remarkable. And I, you know, I my I myself like, you know, I want to spend more time in the South, partially because it's warmer, <laughs> but also because like I want to see. I, I guess I kind of want to like you know uh, separate my you know biases that I myself will will have about like you know the South and like the the whole, you know, Dixie Confederate type shit and just see, you know, what, what's down there and just meet people and see, you know, what's, what I want to see for myself, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the, I mean, that's one of the beauties of touring is that like you are immediately confronted with a lot of your own prejudice anywhere you go, you know, like you have these ideas about what a place is like what the people are like, right. who they are. And, and I think really more times than not, like I would say m- the most common experience that I have is that nine times out of 10, people are pretty kind of and course. they want to do the right thing. Oh, you totally. Know? I mean, you've played all over the state. I'm sure you've experienced that in many cities here, you know, totally. everyone's just, they're about the music. They're about a good time. And if there's one universal, uh, catalyst to bring people together, it's, it's music. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's hard to be like super pissed at a concert. I guess maybe if you like you wound up there and you didn't know there was going to be one and you didn't want to hear one, but if like you're going to hear music, like oh, yeah. as long as it doesn't totally suck, you're probably going to have an alright time. Oh man, I mean <laughs> totally. I mean, music is um, it's got a fascinating psychology behind it, but that's yeah. a whole different episode. So, <laughs> um, so um, yeah, I guess like. Uh, yeah, like, uh, so tell me about this tour you're going on this fall, because mm-hmm. I know you're you're going full circuit. You're coming back here. I'm going to be at your show. Ah, I, great. I know. I, I mean, I still have You're on the list. Yeah. Th- thank you. Yep. I appreciate it. Well, I haven't, 
I haven't seen you yet perform, and usually when I have people on Nice Guy, it's people I've seen before and I've covered a show for Breaking and Entering, and this is like the follow-up, but sure. this is like the flip side of it. Okay. I haven't seen you perform yet. <laughs> and so, I mean, I like... I'm gonna be at your show. It's where is it at? Uh, at Anadyne, Anadyne, of yep, course. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. So yeah, tell me about this tour that's coming up. Yeah. So I last May I recorded two songs at Dark Horse Studios in Nashville. Word. Um, I finished up some of the production uh, up here. I'm actually in a studio that I do some work at in Pewaukee, and so we're releasing it on 45, um, and we're gonna tour on that. Nice. So. That comes out early, uh, late September, early October, and then we hit the road, and we're like long weekends every weekend up until the middle point of November. Sure. Um, and it's it's mainly actually just gonna be Midwest, so we'll get as far south as Kansas City, but sure. otherwise, it's um, gonna do a bunch in Wisconsin. We're gonna do some. Uh, we're gonna do a few shows in Iowa, Kansas City, Illinois, uh, maybe Indiana. Um, they're still two shows that are pending right now. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's going to be like 14, 15 dates. Wow. Like, uh, it's, um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Fun. It's a bunch of the spots that I just really like. I mean, like, my favorite shows for sure are the, like, like 50 to 200 person listening room. Like, that to me, I don't need anything. Like, I, if I could only play those shows for the rest of my life, I would be totally sad. That's an anodyne show right there. That's an anodyne show, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, and so we've got a bunch of those on this tour, which I, I just really like because my thing is, um, in performing especially, uh, I like there to be the, like the breaking of the fourth wall and I like there to be this exchange and I like there to be, it's just a very, like a human experience and that's my hope. And so a lot of these shows are, are set up to be that, um, mm -hmm. the two songs on this EP, um, that's coming out are very, uh, very personal, very human. Uh, they're, um, uh, one of them is about uh, depression and self-harm and learning how to uh, still the voices in your head and trust the people around you. Oh yeah, man, that's something I deal with all the time and I'm sure, and as many people do. Yeah, you know? totally. And, and getting over, yeah, I mean like the, the, the stigma of like breaking the silence of um, suffering alone, yeah, you know, man, totally. Um, and so I, so that's one of the songs. The other song is about like knowing and owning what it is you really want out of life. Sure. Um, and just seeing how often the experience is, is like, you don't think about it. You just kind of plow ahead. 20 years passes and you all of a sudden have no idea where you are, who you are or what you want anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, all that to say this tour is a, is going to be about pushing this this EP and again like the way I write songs is to hopefully open those doors and have be able to have those conversations both on stage and off so um, you're broaching the issue in a softer way first through music mm -hmm. and through like kind of being kind of silly and joking and we do a lot of that in our yeah, performance but sure. uh, um, then having the deeper conversation hopefully after. of course so. yeah that's what it's all about man yeah. I mean like you know, it's it's one thing, you know, like to, to humanize, like, you know, yourself as, you know, musician and write about these deeply personal themes and whatnot, but humanizing the audience is is a powerful thing, you know, is to recognize, recognizing that a lot of people in this audience to a greater, lesser, equal, whatever degree 
you know, know exactly what that's like, or they can relate on a very personal level. Yeah. I mean, that comes with your your interaction, that breaking the fourth wall, right. as you say, um, to the audience mm-hmm. and, and interacting and letting them know, like, hey, you know, I'm... I may be like, you know, on stage performing music and playing it out to you, but I'm just a human being, just like you. Right. And you have dealt with shit that I may not know about. And I may have dealt with shit that you don't know about. But we're here, present in this moment, sharing this beauty and this this glory of the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's why concerts are an extremely beautiful, personal, and important part of the human experience. Yeah. And I, I mean, dude, I, like, that's why, like, I never get tired of going to shows. Sure. You know, uh, like, breaking and entering shows, going out to talk to bands and stuff, like, yes, I may have intent with it, but at the end of the day, it's a personal experience. The music is the, is the closest thing we have to magic. Yeah, dude. And I mean, from the whole point, from like the inception and the creation and the perfecting and the performing and then the receiving and the ingest, like the whole thing is so mysterious, you know, and I love it. And I think it is great because it does like, it's one of the very few places that we still have actually in our culture where you can say something provocative or you can do something or ask somebody to go to a place that normally speaking, if I were to just sit down with somebody and ask the same thing it would be met with either like opposition or even like anger or like apprehension of yeah. something. It's uh yeah, it's just like it, it breaks down some barriers for sure. And 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 that's again like my favorite music or the music that I've connected to most in my life. It's when somebody was just like brutally honest with me. Of course. You know, like cuz that's a, there's there's no shortage of I think music these days that is uh the the way I describe it is just kind of like soulless. Mm-hmm. Like it's not bad like technically maybe the musicianship is great and it's fine but for me especially as a lyricist like if what you're saying is just like if it's just nonsense you know like Uh, like it just seems like a waste to me and there is place for like again don't get me wrong like i love a good like Katy perry jam when i'm on the dance floor right like totally it serves a purpose it does a thing i have a great time doing it pop music is is very important it's you know it's yeah yeah, it's part of why we love music in general is right. a sense of catchiness, a sense of like accessible re- relatability. Right. But I mean, um, you know, when it comes to very deeply personal songwriting, when you just have your guitar, um, I don't know if you know the artist Sun Kill Moon. I've heard of them. I've not spent much time. Sure. With them. Yeah. Uh, it's Mark Kozluk's project uh, after he was uh, involved in the Red House Painters in the '90s, but Sun Kill Moon is mostly just him like with his guitar telling deeply personal and super super depressing uh stories about you know depression about loss about you know just all sorts of fucked up shit and his i mean like i I mean i i just love his voice a lot but yeah but he's an example of a singer-songwriter that, like, I feel a very personal connection to because, sure. I mean, like, he, he he writes just 
he's so like vulnerable and and not only that but like he's not done with a song until he is done with a song sure. he tell like he just sort of it almost ventures into like spoken word territory mm-hmm. but you know recalling you know the, to making these ballads recalling like you know uh you know uh faces of depression of of loss of you know otherwise uh, a, a lack of fulfillment and doing that in a way that's just so stripped down mm. th- there's a certain kind of beauty to that i don't think is accomplished in in any other way yeah so, you know that's why singer-songwriters i mean they're some of the most vulnerable and and powerful musicians that you can have a personal connect- connection with you yeah. know yeah and that is what I, I very much appreciate about that genre is um is exactly that um it's the idea of like like music is not like music for the sake of music is just nonsense but like music for the sake of all of us hopefully learning something about ourselves and each other like that's what i'm interested yep. in you know yeah love and fear man love, love and fear, fear. <laughs> so zach uh i want to hear about uh your involvement with twisted path distillery yeah uh you know the the, the lovely liqueur that uh, we are sipping on and these great mugs. Uh, I love the mug. I um, grabbed them on the way out of the house. I was like, what makes the most sense? Oh, it's like, fantastic. these won't break. Yeah, 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 yeah. right, right. So, um, so yeah, uh, I've actually, the first time I was there uh, was in February when I covered the Versio Curry's oh, Endless yeah. Era show. He does show. a sweet show. Great show, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love Versio Curry's so much. Um, but, um, yeah, I've, like, I've been there a couple times, and um, I'm... Uh, I guess. Uh, so, how did you how did you get involved in uh, in in the uh, place? Yeah. So, um, uh, first things first. It was my birthday, and my wife bought me a bottle of their gin, and okay. I tried it, and I like lost my mind. And I was like, "This is by far the best gin I've ever had by oh. like a couple miles." Anyway, so it was like fresh in my mind, and I was actually listening to NPR a couple days later. And I didn't even hear, they were interviewing somebody, I didn't even hear who it was, but they were interviewing this guy about how do you make a living as a musician, as a drummer particularly. And he talked about, like, I've got my performance, I've got my studio stuff, I've got the clinics that I do, but then he said, I'm also sponsored by Drambui, which is actually like a liqueur company. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sure. um, I was like, oh my gosh. Like a light bulb clicked on, I was like, what if I get these guys to sponsor me? I'm like, they're a small distillery, they're here in yeah. town. Like. I'm sure if I email somebody, they can put me in touch with somebody. Well, at the time, the email went like to the two guys who were running the company. So I, I email and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love your gin. My name's Zach. I'm a musician. I'm doing this house show tour thing um, this summer. It was a couple. It was two years ago. Um, and I was like, would you guys consider sponsoring the tour? And they're like, sure. What does that mean? And so we kind of came up with this plan together where. Um, they would send me uh, with with pre-batched cocktails for it was I think it was like a ten show tour in August and it was ten house shows and so we would do like a forty minute set and then we would do like a tasting okay and then another like forty minute set and so they liked the promotion and stuff that I did for it and they're like oh we need somebody to start like organizing some things and chatting about the space and. They were getting a new space at the time and it had a stage and so they're like, could you just like handle some social media stuff and do some booking for us? Because you seem to like have a knack for it. So it's like, 
Sure, let's do it. Yeah. So uh, that's how I started, and that was about that was almost two years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I've been just helping with other like random projects. I'll, I'll DJ there sometime. We rehearse there. We play shows there. I do a benefit show there, sure. uh, like book for it. We do every Friday night. We do music, no covers, with a guarantee for the band because yeah. we feel very passionate about supporting the scene of music of that's happening here yeah, and yeah. paying musicians, uh, pay musicians, right? We need I, to pay musicians, right. yes, that's uh, essential. <laughs> it is not just a hobby for a, a lot of us. So anyway, um, yeah, so so then, you know, I'm kind of just like there and when I have slow seasons, they're really supportive and are like, they throw me a couple of hours here and there. So when I'm not on the road or I don't have a lot of shows lined up, they help me out that way, which is really great. Oh, so great. they've been super supportive of my own personal career, which is great. And so I try to, you know, do solid back as much as I can. Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah, dude. So that's, that's how we got there. That is awesome. Uh, so tell me, like, what are some of your personal favorites of the offerings at Twisted Path? Because, you know, we're talking a distillery. Like, we're not... This isn't no brewery shit, you know? I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm mostly a beer guy myself, but I, you know, if... I, I am trying to navigate my taste for liquor. Totally. So tell me a little bit about you know some of your offerings at Twisted Path that are you feel are great for you know sort of um, uh, finding a taste in in that way. Yeah, and and that's been like a super cool thing about being there is that like in a very short amount of time we would do like a bunch of blind tastings. So you would try so many things, which is a thing that like. I would never would have had the opportunity to do that otherwise. No. You know, like it's not like I'm ever in a spot where it's like, hey, try eight different vodkas and tell me which one you like the best. Yeah. It's like here's a thing, do you like it or not? You know, you have no way of comparing. So I mean, if I'm trying eight vodkas, I'm getting fucked up. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> like, it's, not, it's not like a shot. Right, 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 saying, yeah. right. So I mean, what I think, what I love about um, Twisted Path is that their um, incredible attention to detail so navigating spirits in some ways like for for being there is like one just take the tour because you'll learn a lot it's not very expensive and brian the owner the distiller is like it's great so it's a ton of fun yeah. um but just talking you through it the thing is, is that i think what often comes with like spirit culture is a lot of snobbery and but also a lot of bs like yeah. most of what the liquor game is is nonsensical marketing that somebody pays a lot of money for so you know all about White Claw and you know, right? Like, yeah. it's like whoever has the most money wins, unfortunately. Um, so we like to just say, like, the quality speaks for itself on everything. So taking a tour, trying the line, because um, you get to try all the spirits that we make, which they're all organic, all in-house, they're all ours. They're not like, it's not like a hit the button process and let it go. It's like a literally... I was training on the still for a while, which I'm not anymore. They're like, yeah, let's get you in other places. Sure. But you're literally dabbing your finger, trying this thing when you're getting close to making um, the cuts in the batch so that you get just the purest yield from, or the purest section of your yield. Um, all that said, I mean, any of the cocktails are fantastic. We've got an awesome bar manager who just like, half of his job is R&D. So he sits in the back and makes like the craziest, most delicious cocktails oh, you've wow. ever had. That's a good job um, to have. Dude, right? <laughs> it's a fun day to like walk in there when he's working on that and he's like, hey, try this. I'm like, this is work? But yeah, totally. Right, yeah. yeah right? Right, right. Um, so starting on the menu like that, I think is really good because also, I mean, even for me, before working there, the only reference I had for like, 
a mixed drink was like rum and coke. You know, like yeah. I'm aware of what an old fashioned is, right? Like I'm, right. I know what a martini is. I've had very like low versions of that. This is a very accessible artistic expression of what are the really fun things you can do when you're making booze and you actually get to make booze for cocktails, oh, yeah. not the, the other way around. That's a mixologist. Of yeah, stars. like the mixologist, <laughs> but also like when you're creating it, you're creating. So like this, for example, the chai liqueur, like we made that with the intention of it's standalone, fine, but using it in a couple different recipes where it was like, ooh, what would we really like chai oh, yeah. in? Yeah. So do like a chai old fashioned or like mm -hmm. a, a chai gimlet where it's like all these things where you're like I didn't know that would work this would be really good with like some apple cider perhaps dude apple cider like yeah. when I do uh, or eggnog yeah eggnog like, right. oh man like yeah. seasonally like when it gets to be fall and winter I just have a couple of these on hand and like take them to every holiday yeah, party yeah. every like every can you believe we're, all, we're only two months away from fall dude I don't even want to think about it I, it it's Unbearable. Summer's not even a summer's not even a thing I really get to enjoy. I feel like it like, barely started. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. But dude, I mean, no, this shit's good. I definitely want to try this with. Um, I mean, I, I need to perfect my uh, cocktail appreciation myself because, like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a basic bitch when it comes uh. to when it comes to like drinking. Like, usually, I mean, I'm just drinking whatever gets me feeling good. Sure. But uh, you know, I mean, I'm. As I work at Company Brewing, like a lot of our offerings are fantastic. Like our IPAs are phenomenal. Oh, yeah, do the sours. The sours. Man. Yeah, right. Exactly. All day. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm I'm like I'm all for like you know the the diversity uh, and appreciating a good beer, but I'm nowhere near for like you know a distillery and like my understanding of like how so many of these can. You know, be um, can be uh, can manipulate flavor because yeah. that's sort of the beauty of cocktails. Is like, I mean, I like a lot of times it's like when I'm drinking liquor, I'm drinking it to get drunk, and so I'm just taking shots of vodka or tequila, whatever it is. But the key, the, uh, uh, I think that the main sort of joy of appreciating liquor is pairing it with that flavor, with that, you know, the, the cocktail is, is really like, it's a, it's a very like versatile concoction, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you can, you can just the way you can manipulate flavors in the same way you do with food. Yeah. Like something that tastes good, but also gets you feeling good, getting mm -hmm. you loose, like just something that is going to be a flavor that, you know, gets instilled in your memories Yeah. and something that you will, cra you find a craving for. I mean, I'm still not there yet, but I it's want all right. to be. It's all right. Kind of, and, and, well, I mean, it's a funny thing, too, because I think also our culture does a very poor job of, like, learning, like, uh, of just, like, handling alcohol as it is. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, the, moderation is not a thing that anybody even has, like, I mean, right. regardless of what you feel that way, like, I, I think what's, what's great about booze is that it is, like, you're talking about distilling something down to its, like, bare bones and essence and then you have these layers of flavor that are in there that like a lot of places that sell liquor don't care about mm -hmm. so like you've got these places that are just machines they like right. buy like i mean anyway i'm not gonna like throw people under the bus and talk whatever. i know what you mean but what i'm saying yeah. is like when you don't care about quality and you make it something where it's like a vodka for instance mm -hmm. like 
vodkas and rums like are notorious about being like the worst grade alcohol yeah. that is distilled to the point that it, it you can't even tell what it is, you just know it's alcoholic, but <laughs> yeah, it, it disappears right. when you pour half a can of Sprite on it, so whatever, you know, like, the vodka Twisted Path has, like, distinguishable characteristics to it, so you drink it, and you're like, do I taste, like, butterscotch, do I taste vanilla, and the answer is, technically speaking, no, there's none of those things in it, but because we, we are very specific about where we cut, what we leave out, what is in the actual yield, you're getting like all these characteristics from the wheat that we use. So you're tasting all this stuff that's like, whoa, what? Like, yeah. and then you mix it in a cocktail and it's like all of a sudden, you're having this thing that is like, it's like I didn't even know this was possible. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like it's, exactly. It's kind of crazy, yeah. but like, it for me, it really opened my mind to what um, what you can do with oh, liquor, of you know? I commend a foundation tiki bar in Oh my West. gosh, right? They're, Those are so fun. They're great. I mean, and they, like, it's my understanding that they, they like, actually fly their bartenders, like, out to, like, the sure. Caribbean to learn crafting the perfect cocktail. And yeah. they're, if you're looking for a good-ass cocktail in West, foundation. Totally. But... That that like that's that that manipulation of flavor I'm talking about that you're talking about where like you know adding those components that make it taste desirable rather than a chore right that is that's that's the key thing totally all right Zach man oh man that child of court I gotta finish mine which mm, cheers mm. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Man, that that would have been really good with like a little cider or something. So oh, yeah. come two months, as we were saying, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you back up and I'm gonna be like, Zach, I want more of this shit uh, and I'm gonna get some Ziegler's apple cider. Dude, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Good plan, right? <laughs> so Zach, tell me what keeps you up at night. What keeps me up at night? Oh my gosh. Uh what kept me up last night is that I I have two small children, and I thought my son was um, in the bag of chips. Um, uh, but also, uh, you know, that nagging feeling that maybe everything that I'm investing in will turn to nothing. Oh, that's, that's a good <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> you know, the light and the heavy. There you go. Right. Well, yeah. on the, the light note, I, my dad and I used to get into it over the chips, uh, the, the bag of Jay's chips. Yeah. Man. It wasn't Jay's, but it, it was, I think it was like Trader Joe's uh, uh-huh. something or other. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, chips, <laughs> chips are the real deal, man. What puts you to sleep? Oh, jeez. Life. Life. Uh, Being tired. Of, dude, I get to the I fall asleep as soon as I stop moving. So. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That, I mean, that's good. I mean, that, that's a sign that, you know, you are putting your body through and your mind through that stimulation that just, you know, naturally tires you out. And that's, yeah, that's important, man. Thank you for being on the show. Of course. I had a great time. Yeah, me too. Uh, Zach Petrini, um, keep an eye out for his two-song EP coming out uh, soon. And also, um, you can catch him, like I said, at the Pabst Tap Room, September 6th. Have you played there before? No, first time. Beautiful, beautiful venue. Very ornate. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be posting links to his music. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Mr. Nice.